We have been talking to authors who have been nominated for BC Book Prizes for a few weeks now. Today is no different. Roy Vickers is an author. He's also uh, an artist very well known, but his latest book, Orca Chief, has been nominated for the Bill Duthie Booksellers Award. And I'm very pleased to have Roy Henry Vickers with us on the line this morning. Good morning. Good morning from the sunny Skeena River. It must be beautiful where you are right now. It's a gorgeous day. It's 7 degrees and the sunshine. Kind of hard to believe. <laughs> very, very nice. Uh, we'll talk a, a bit more about uh, some of the other work that you've done, but this uh, current book, uh, Orca Chief, is, <clears throat> excuse me, from, from what I had read about this, it, it's uh, one in a series. Can you talk a little bit about, about what it's about? Yes, Orca Chief is a, a legend from my village of Kitkatla, and it's a legend that's been handed down for longer than history has, can record it. And it's about how our people in the village were taught the lessons of the ocean, the salmon, the tides, um, all of the food that's good to eat in the sea, and uh, our laws of love and respect and balance for uh, what Mother Nature provides us. Uh, I'll just to, I just want to read a small passage uh, from uh, to pick up on what you'd said. Uh, four hunters leave home in the spring to harvest seaweed and sockeye. When they arrive at their fishing grounds, exhaustion makes them lazy, and they throw their anchor overboard without care for the damage it might do to marine life or the sea floor. Then it goes to to the orca chief discovering what they have done. It seems like it's a, it's a tale, not only a story rich with history, but also a bit of a reflection maybe of what we see people doing today. It sure is. It's very it's a it's a story that should be told uh, all over the country, all around the world. It seems that uh, as, as humanity on on the planet, we have less and less respect for the planet that gives us all we need to sustain our lives. And was that a top of mind for you when you decided to, to, to go forward and to, to make this book? Oh, no, <laughs> no. It's uh, all of the legends uh, were used to teach people from our, our village for thousands of years. Uh, our school was the outdoors and then indoors listening to storytellers and singers of songs the songs also repeating the same themes of the stories. And so every story or legend has um, morals in it to help us learn how to behave in the world. Uh, the book uh, is also illustrated uh, by you. Does it, uh, does it change when you, when you write a book and when you work on it to, to know that not only are you doing the text, you're also doing the illustration? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Uh, uh, Robert Bud Lucky is his nickname. Um, when he asked me to do these books, he was the one that really pushed me to do the books because I'm a storyteller, and I've told these stories since I was a young man. And when he asked me to do help him put the books into written form, I didn't know that I was going to be illustrating all of the sections of the book and doing 18 new illustrations for every book. <laughs> and so when that happened, it actually opened uh, the window of vision and helped me to realize how powerful our vision is as human beings. And so these stories that I've told for, for decades have these images that I didn't realize were in my mind every time I told the story. And so when Lucky would ask me, do you have an image for this part of the book where the, where the orca chief is, a, is really upset about the anchor? 
And I said, oh, sure I do. Well, could you, could you, could you sit down and just create that image? And so what, what the storytelling, taking the stories and putting them into books, what it did for me was open this world of vision and help me to see in my vision all of these images that, I have, that have been part of my life, but only in my mind. So what was more challenging, the written part or making the images come to life? Uh, putting them all together and, and working with someone else to, to put the story into print. Um, storytelling is really about a, your persona, your, your looks, the tone of your voice, the movements of your hands and your body, the expressions on your face. And so when you take the story and put it into written form, everything changes because you can't, you can't do, you can't, you can't tell a story in person. And so the challenge was to have the images, um, take the place of, of my actual persona. Uh, you mentioned, too, working uh, with uh, Robert Budd, or, or Lucky, as you referred to him. Yeah. Uh, you must have a special uh, bond or, or, or relationship, or how does that work, that, that you do have to work on this together, and you have to, I would assume, agree on things and, and find uh, the, best, the best product from both of you? Yes, it's a wonderful exercise of two minds coming together to bring something out from both of us. And when that happens from inspiration, magic happens. Magic happens every day. And so the challenges were just to stay with this small book. Uh, Lucky actually is my biographer, and we've been working for years on my biography. And he came to some storytelling sessions, and his excitement over the stories was what prompted this legend series of four books. So Orca Chief was a third of the four books, and we've just finished the last book called Peace Dancer, the last book in the legend series. Well, that's interesting. So he heard you talking, or he, he was uh, brought to, to see that, and, and was it so? Who's, was it his idea then to put them in a, in a series of books? Yeah, yeah. I, I'll never forget him. He was very animated. Roy, 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 we have books. We have books here, and I'm I'm looking at him like something like he's crazy. <laughs> and when he when he began to explain it, I argued with him that well, storytelling is is an art, and it's something that I do as an artist. And to put these into books all, is almost uh, the opposite of storytelling. So I'm not sure I want to do this. But his enthusiasm and his arguments that there would be thousands and thousands of more people who are exposed to the legends if we put them in books than I could ever reach in, with storytelling sessions. So you were reluctant at first? I was, yeah. I, I couldn't imagine them being books. <laughs> but I suppose on the, on the other side, and maybe Robert uh, Lucky made this argument too, and that storytelling, uh, we often hear how storytelling is it's becoming a lost art. And once the storytellers are no longer with us, the stories can sometimes leave with them. Whereas in this case, the stories are now printed and the stories are there for others to see and for others to share. Well, the wonderful thing is that storytelling has has been dropping in popularity over the years, replaced by the Internet and, and Skyping and texting and all of this. But now we're seeing that all of the, all of the technology 
is helping us to bring storytelling back. And so now we have large storytelling conventions and we have technology and, and interviews like this to reach people, to, to explain to people how important storytelling is. Uh, Roy, I'll get you to hang on the line. I want to talk to you a bit more about this. We do need to take a short break, though. Roy Henry Vickers uh, is my guest. Uh, He's uh, the author. He, along with Robert Budd, Lucky, the author of Orca Chief. Uh, Roy also illustrated the book. We'll talk more uh, about this and the importance of this when we return. My guest is Roy Henry Vickers. He, along with Robert Budd, wrote Orca Chief. Roy also illustrated the book. It has been shortlisted for the Bill Duthie Booksellers' Choice of the BC Book Prizes. And, and Roy, just before the break, we, we talked a bit about the story of uh, the book, and the story is really about respecting uh, the environment, respecting our oceans, respecting our history. Uh, you have worked tirelessly uh, doing this. Uh, you're a recognized leader. Uh, you're a spokesperson. Uh, you've uh, released, I, I, I would need many sheets of paper to write down all of the awards and honors that you have been given. What drives you to continue uh, sending that message or to continue being such a community leader? inspiration i would say more than anything else uh, you know we we are all responsible for the knowledge that we carry is the way my mother put it and she was an incredible school teacher but we are all teachers we are all healers we are all visionaries and we are all leaders each single one of us that walks the earth and so for me i look at it as a responsibility to share what it is that's given to me through the earth and and again, the the theme of the book uh, is the is the ocean and, and respect. We certainly we talk a lot about uh, climate change. We talk a lot about what we're doing to the planet. Uh, what do you think, looking from from where you are and your point of view? What's the biggest uh, the biggest threat we're looking at right now? Humanity is the biggest threat. Our our um, our belief that we can fix anything, and are not realizing that our actions have. Um, repercussions around the world and so the more we think we can just keep taking 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 from mother earth the more damage we we put on the earth the more we love and respect each other and the earth the better life is for everyone and so the drive for me is to continue to share this message and also the message that we are all children of mother earth so we are all family, and racism is an ignorant term because there's one race of human beings. We all walk on two legs, different cultures, different languages, but we are all family. Uh, interesting or a beautiful uh, idea, uh, but not something that we see uh, exercised all of the time. No, uh, it's actually the opposite. As, as a child growing up, I didn't know discrimination until I was late in my teens. And today, children come across it when they go into preschool. And so we as storytellers, we as, as adults, we are the future of the children. So it's our actions and our teachings that will form the future because we are mentors. Children learn from us. And so... It's, it's our responsibility to walk in beauty and love and respect in the world.
And, and do you find it different as you travel around and speak? I know you've, you've, you've stayed in BC uh, to different parts of BC. You've probably seen more of the province than a lot of British Columbians. How different is it when you, when you travel to different places? I find the more people I speak to around the world, the, the more I realize how alike we all are. I just went to Kelowna with, with Lucky a couple of weeks ago, and we talked to 4,500 students in four days. And I was humbled at the response of the students and their interest in the legends. And so it, I believe we can make such a difference when we put our energy into making a difference for love and respect. How do you make that happen, though? You said inspiration keeps you going. Um, do you, do you, you must, being human, you must get discouraged at times. Oh, I get discouraged every day. <laughs> uh, we, we have a choice. We, we can look at the negativity of everything every day, or we can look at the positivity. And one of the storyteller teachers, as I was growing up in my early years, said that we, you are the center of your family and you make a difference in your family by what you do and what you say. Your family is the center of your community. Your community is the center of your country. Your country is the center of the world. So the truth is we make a difference in the world. And the more we can bring ourselves to understand that basic truth, the more we can move in a good way to help others. And so it's our mentoring every day, every, every place we go, that makes a difference to, the, to people around us. And I'm kind of getting off topic here, but you've you've inspired me to to ask this question. In that, uh, I get what you're saying that we're all part of the same planet. We're all we're all here. There's one there's one humanity. Uh, but if you look at the history of not just British Columbia, you look at the history of Canada. I would say uh, strained would be a light way of saying at times uh, the relationship between First Nations uh, and others. How do we how do we move past that, or how do we reconcile that? Well, I, I'm the product of a mother whose parents came from England, a father who is part Haida, part Simshin, and part Kwagyulf. And I know that there is no difference between people. And so the way we move past this is to understand that we are an integral part of the family of man and that we should move in our life and mentor our beliefs that love and respect makes a difference in the world. And gradually that difference will happen no matter what we see in front of us. So we can, we can look at, the, at the, the negativity that happens around us and be influenced by it. I, I live in pain every day. I work in a zero-gravity workstation because it's the only way I can work. If I concentrated on my pain every day, I would be useless. I would, be, I, would be, I would die ahead of my time. And so it's staying positive and keeping positive about everything that helps us work in the world. And for me, at 70 years of age this year, I'm doing more in one year than I've ever done in 42 years as a professional artist. Well, Roy, it is uh, wonderful to talk to you, and congratulations on uh, the book nomination. Uh, can you give us a hint what the, the lesson or what the plot of the next one is? Um, the Flood. <laughs> it's a story of the flood that is heard around the world. And uh, the Peace Dancer, which is a beautiful... Um, um, 
piece of our culture of the north northwest coast has been part of our our lives our potlatches our feasts for generations and here again we find nations and villages that have no peace dancers and to me that's a direct reflection of where we are and so the peace dancer again talks about our responsibility in the world and our lessons that we have learned and it's time to go back to those laws of existing in this world which are underlying love and respect. Uh, Perfect note to end on. Roy, we're out of time, but I appreciate you joining us. Thank you so much. Thank you for giving me the time, Joel, and best wishes to you. All right, thank you. That is uh, Roy Vickers. He is the author of Orca Chief, one of the nominees for the Bill Duthie Booksellers Choice Award. He wrote the book with Robert Budd. He also illustrated the book and the pictures, the illustrations in this book are absolutely beautiful. So again, congratulations for the nomination for that prize. We're going to take a break for your news headlines to the bottom of the hour. And when we came come back, this was an ad that I looked at and I think had the same reaction a lot of other people had. Really? Is it really 2016 and this is what's being put out there? It was an ad for camps, one for girls, one for boys. Thankfully, the group behind the ad has taken to rebranding it because there was such a backlash. But it did get me thinking, how does this even happen? How are these types of ads still being put forward. We're going to check in with the Boys and Girls Club of Southern BC to get her reaction to this, and we'll talk a bit more about that as well. So stick with us. There is much, much more coming up right here on The Jill Bennett Show.